This is Future Heist. Conversations with people making change. My name is Rena Neve Smith. Why you gotta do me like this? So uh, I'm Bethany Williams, I'm a menswear designer based in London um, and I work with different community and charity groups and ethical production. So first of all, um, tell me about your label, when did you start it? Um, so I did my MA two years ago and then I kind of started it after my MA and then yeah I've done now I'm on my third collection, mm-hmm. but second collection for sale because I didn't want to sell my MA collection because um, it was just so much work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so now I'm like gone to nine stores from four stores from last season. So yeah, it's That's a, yeah. <laughs> it's scary, <laughs> but yeah. And um, where did you study? So I studied at London College of Fashion. So I did my masters there. But I did my BA at Brighton and I did a critical fine art practice. So it was fine art with theory. And then I went into industry working for three years and then I went back to, to do my MA. Right. Yeah. And what did you do when you were working in an industry? Um, I worked for a garage magazine as a production assistant. Um, and then I went on to do like art direction um, like through an agency for Nike. Um, and then I worked for Nizia Mazar, Menswear Label, and Ryan Lowe. And then I also did freelance like print design as well for different studios. So yeah, so I did a bit of yeah, everything, that's getting really stuck nice. in. That must have given you like a bit of an overview of like a lot of different. Yeah, of I think it was nice working with like different level and sizes of companies to just see how people operate. You know, like like globally, and then you know smaller design studios in London, and just like. Yeah, because I was working with Naz when he was, like, just with Nugent. So it was, like, interesting to see, you know, how he was, like, developing each season. And I was working with Ryan when he was with, like, the Nugent Prize as well. So, yeah, it was interesting to see how, like, you develop as a young designer in London. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a lot of, like, support here in London, isn't there, for yeah. designers? Yeah, the, the British Fashion Council have been, like, so good with me especially like this year they've been really supportive of, you know and like Sarah Mower has been like really supportive and put me forward for like, like funding put me forward for you know like showcasing and yeah so now I've got like an on schedule like show it men's which is scary <laughs> <laughs> what's it like to show at men's week mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's well I did my first like on schedule in January but because I'm doing non-seasonal I was like showing a film that I'd made but I didn't know like how successful it was going to be and just thought my mates would show up and then, and then like really important people from industry showed up I was like oh my god <laughs> yeah, I was like oh cool like, you know I was like, oh, like you're a bit, a bit like just really overwhelmed by it all and then, yeah, so I had my last one in, in June. Um, yeah, and it was just, like, really... It, yeah, it was it was really cool, but it, it is a lot of stress to put something like that on. And, you know, you're like, is anyone going to turn up? Yeah. It's, a massive amount, like, uh, it's a massive amount of stress for designers and stuff, isn't it? And, yeah. And especially because shows are what's 
crazy as the show itself is always like over in a couple of minutes or yeah it's it's so much work as well like 10 minutes but it's so nice to see it all come together but then afterwards it's like oh it's done (laughs) then it's just like I can't go to sell it you know (laughs) the pressure Yeah. yeah yeah that's and but you you um work like do you still work off-season in that way? So uh, what I'm trying to do is, like, work by projects. So I've been doing this since, like, I did my, like, BA because I was doing, like, little projects with the Arts Council and stuff. Um, But I've always just done it by projects. Um, But I'm trying to operate my projects so that they'll launch around Fashion Week because that's when people are around. Um, So I don't know if I'm going to operate every season or I can take seasons out. Or, like, I can show a film instead of showing, like, a new collection. You know, just so, like, there's, like, a continued work but doesn't necessarily have to be, like, two collections every season. But then, you know, like, stores kind of... Like, lots of stores that will buy from me have been really understanding, you know, and will buy just when I do a new collection or reorder. You know, if I don't do a new collection, they'll reorder and, and at that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been... Because I think they'll they buy from me because of what I think I'm doing so and not being on season every year Mm -hmm. I mean not showing every season they don't really mind that I don't well I I hope yeah yeah Yeah, I mean it's kind of like you know fashion like there's so many different elements isn't there and like showing to press on season is like one side of it but then it's also about the orders and the yeah and the people buying for you so how would you describe the ethos of your brand um ethos uh, well, I'm just trying to like support as many communities with my work as possible and just trying, I don't know, to do some good within our industry um, because there is a lot of negativity um, and just trying to, like, I don't know, shake things up a bit because, yeah, I just think it is really important as well. Like, I don't do unpaid internships or anything like that which is really difficult because it's like being a one-man band and I know like people like some people have asked and want to support me but it's I just can't do that like I can't do that ethically so Mm -hmm. that's like another thing that I won't do as well so yeah I'm like making things hard for myself but I think Mm -hmm. in like the long-term plan that's just what how I want to operate yeah definitely that's really interesting and there's and that's just one part of it isn't there because there's Mm. also like there's the production yeah there's like the materials used yeah there's like who's making it so there's a lot of there's a lot to consider isn't there yeah yeah definitely I think um yeah like working out all the production has been really difficult you know like I can't even just go down to the road and buy a zip you know, like, have to order it, um, like, have to order it, you know, two to three months in advance, um, so that they're, like, all recycled tapes and recycled, um, like, metal, like, after, you know, like, organic threads, you know, like, everything's recycled organic, mm-hmm. and then, yeah, even, like, the production, working out the production, um, is difficult, and I have to have more lead times, because they're, like, training programmes, um, yeah, so it's, it is, it's difficult, but I think mm. it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> of course it is. Because there is a lot to change in fashion, isn't there? Yeah, like... yeah, there really, there really is. I think because I've been doing, like, consultancy as well for, like, large brands, and that's been, like, really interesting to work alongside them and, you know, to see how they operate and then, you know, to, to try and 
help them implement change is, is, is really interesting mm-hmm. yeah so yeah yeah and then how do you do that? I'm like really small and mm-hmm. it's very easy to control what I'm doing but when you're looking at like a multinational you know mm-hmm. company it's dif- it's difficult yeah absolutely because it feels sometimes with fashion and with change it's like this big structure that's already in place and there's, yeah. there's this massive machine that's kind yeah. of being created so you, as you say, even for like, you know, the way big companies operate, like there's, yeah. you know, it can feel like quite limited. But of course, like that's not true. Like, and yeah. what you're doing is like to take action and to like do things differently. But it's interesting how it's like there's definitely not one magic fix. It's no, like, it's a big, it's a big thing. Yeah, because I think like with me growing, like like if you start with this mindset and you grow, it should hopefully grow into everything you do. But if you're like a massive company that's already set up and you're like a massive, I kind of was like describing it before, like as like a, a tree, like you're, you know, all these like leaves and it like infiltrates everywhere and you're kind of having to go from the leaves back to the root. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like it's infiltrating lots of mindsets and, you know, lots of systems and lot like production methods. And, you know, it's a, it's a massive job. Um, tell me about some of the um, projects that you've been working on. So, um, you've been working in Downview Prison, yeah. um, working with uh, women prisoners, and yeah. that's through LCF. So, tell me about yeah. about that. Yeah, so LCF, yeah, London College of Fashion, have set up, so they've got like a social responsibility department and a social responsibility director. So, Frances Corner is like the dean of LCF, who is Wonder Woman, and um, she like is really about like supporting like women within fashion and making change and sustainability so she like has housed the center of sustainable fashion within london college of fashion um and she's kind of you know like 80 percent of the fashion workforce is female so she's all about supporting women um so she lcf has set up the project in downview so they have technicians and a unit where they train women to be industrial level machinists so um in the uk there's four thousand prisoners so they make up a really that, that are female so they make up a really small minority of the prison population and there's not very many projects to support or help the women in rehabilitation so this is one project that's they're really trying to make a difference with the women's lives so the training program yeah it does day release as well so people well, women can go into industry and gain experience before they're actually released as well and they do level one and level two so they actually leave with a qualification and at the same time they're doing orders and production and they they're, they're paid for their time but the, the because it's of it's a, a state prison the state will regulate how much the women are actually paid because they can't be seen to be making a lot of money when they're in prison because mm-hmm. the the state will still see it as punishment as right. well as rehabilitation. Wow. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's a really interesting project to work on. That's really yeah. complicated, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is really complicated. But yeah, it's like it's yeah, and I think now they're trying to set up hopefully manufacturing after like outside so that the women may have guaranteed employment. So that's the whole kind of aim but they're not at, they're not ready yet mm. for like but they have industrial specialists that help set women up with employment when they leave mm-hmm. so yeah it's 
It's a really nice project to work yeah. on. <laughs> and so what do you have made with, with those women? So they make um, all my jersey for production. So they don't do sampling because um, the women have set hours. Um, so they only do four and a half hours a day. You know, like we, they can't do overtime. It's not like a, a factory outside. So... For sampling, I have to use a sampling factory, but they'll do all the production for all the orders that go to store. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. That's amazing. And <laughs> um, so sampling is when you're when you're like in the just to explain to people who might not know what that means. Yeah. So that's when you're making things, um, you know, in the design process. Yeah. So like um, for the show, of like for the new collection will make samples so they're like the reference so they'll be what you see on the on the show or what you see on the runway but then you obviously if people order that then you have to put that into production so you're making multiple units of that one sample so to develop a sample it's more it's more costly because you're just experimenting and making one but when you send it to production you'll be making a run of them so the unit price becomes cheaper Mm -hmm. yeah of course and that's the and the sample is where you you know, you do the fittings and things like that, isn't it? You make yeah. sure you've got all the measurements right and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, so you'll develop your samples. So from your, like, from your measurements, you'll do fittings with a fit model um, and, like, you'll make twirls, so, like, in a, in a cheaper version of this of a similar fabric until you get it right and then you'll make it into the actual fabric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it goes to production. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, that's really, so that's really cool. And did, and you, did you hold... Did you hear about that project through having studied at LCF? So I'm actually an associate lecturer for LCF and I lecture for uh, social responsibility. So I did a project with menswear, um, the Xenia Foundation in Italy and um, San Patriano and Making for Change. So we just had an exhibition in Arnhem. So I did like a social project with all the first years and um, on the menswear course. So it was all about like social change through through the design process. So we got all the students to design like a collection um, and gave them a social change brief. And then they, I went to San Patriano design fabrics from waste. And then the, the winners, there were six winners, we made their designs up in those fabrics. And the women in the prison made accessory prison, accessory prisons? <laughs> made, <laughs> made accessories. And then we, they've all been exhibited in Arnhem at like a fashion and power exhibition. And now they're being exhibited in Berlin this next month. So it was really nice. And then the two main winners got to go to San Patriano to see the whole like process and meet the women who make the fabrics. And then they also got to go and see, go to Zenia and um, see mills and see how fabric is woven in Italy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was quite an amazing project to be part of. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> like, I suppose that's a whole other sign of what you do then is, is, is through being a yeah. on that programme through um, London College of Fashion, it sounds like that's a really interesting platform to, like, you know, with the students yeah. and, like, and bringing something different to them and also yeah. then opening doors. Because in um, San Patriano, you've you've worked with um, another, um, it's a rehab centre there, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's a drug rehabilitation centre, so it's like a three-year programme, so it's a really hard, tough programme, um, but it's, I think, one of the most successful in the world so it's like 72% success rate um but it's 
like rehabilitation through traditional craft so there's like 50 different sectors of crafts and but you can go back to university or go back to school whilst you're there um or like train to be a nurse there's all different training programs um but yeah i work with the handwoven textile department so there's like 30 women um and it's all handwoven so yeah they make they do projects with like valentino dior chanel vivian westwood that is very bespoke and high-end and couture it's beautiful Mm -hmm. but yes i work with with the women there so i'll go over and um usually stay with them for five days and we'll develop all the fabrics for the collection and then they'll then make for production as well mm-hmm. but yeah so it's a nice it's a lovely project to be part of because yeah. you really do see the difference that it makes and every time I go back the girls are changing mm-hmm. and it's like yeah because I did a project with them from my second collection called Women of Change. So there were, because when I was there, everyone was just constantly talking about change. And then, so the girls, they, I asked them what change meant to them personally. And then they did, they did all my prints. So they, it was all of their handwritten, like what, yeah, like sentences and scribbles and stuff that made all the print stories, like in Italian and English about how, what change meant to them personally. So it was like a really, yeah, you just see people evolving, which That's is really beautiful. nice. That's so kind of poetic because they are, you know, through going through a rehab program, they are going through like fundamental yeah. personal change. And like, yeah. And yeah, and, and, and through working with you, they're, they're part of this project, which is in this, and this business as well, but this yeah. kind of something which is also about changing an industry and there's change in like the wider world. That's really, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it was, it was, it is so nice because it, it, I think it gives the women this space to like become who they would be without all this horrible shit happening to them, you know, which could happen to any of us. So it's just a really nice thing to be a part of and yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing and so and, and so the women in um downview make your jersey and what do the women in um san patriano make so they make all of my hand woven fabrics so each collection i'll do a hand woven fabric from waist so like in the women of change collection we went to all the different departments of San Patriano and we took the waste product and hand wove that into new fabrics so we had like tape from the electrical department and we had like the silver waste stuff from uh, the wine department and then we had um, like waste from the actual textile department and then this season because I worked with the mobile library in London and Hachette we took all of book waste from Hachette um, partnered factory in Suffolk and that's been hand woven into new fabrics so and then the other yarn that we mix with it is donated from yarn from well from factories across the mills from Italy so it's like pre-production waste and that mixes together um to create the fabric so yeah I like to have a new like fabric every season that's from a that connects to the project um, and trying to every season create like a cycle of exchange which may be like waste or or like something that will support the charity in some way and then also like the 20% donation that I give of the collection to the charity so just yeah trying to create an, a new system and a new way of working in fashion this is amazing <laughs> there's, like, there's, there's so many like it sounds like 
you've been really successful at incorporating like a lot of different like elements yeah. into into what you're doing because um, we've talked a little bit already about about the people involved in the process, yeah. but also like the materials you're working with. You're yeah. like thinking about because the, the the waste is a massive problem in fashion. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it is a product industry. It can only ever be a product industry, really. It's yeah. not, and it's not like music, which is like doesn't produce any kind of waste. Yeah, yeah. Thing. It's like waste. You know, like landfill and all the rest of it. Like it's such a and also waste within you know production as well is a huge problem yeah. in the fashion industry. Yeah, it's it's just so crazy how much waste there is. But yeah, because I I all of the denim that I use is all from like it's all sourced from London so there's it's a collection point in Kent so they'll collect all around London like recycling and then they'll take it back to Kent and sort it so I'll take well I ask them to sort um like plus 38 inch waist so that like there's more denim to work with and then it's all unpicked Mm -hmm. and then reconstruct it but I kind of like working with the waste and you know like where a pocket's been taken off you can see that and the different grades and you know you can the different washes can be used as like a print almost like a print placement but I just like using something that's you know waste and uh, and someone doesn't want it anymore and turning it into something beautiful Mm -hmm. but I think yeah I guess it's more of a challenge as well yeah it's like you have to work within certain parameters. Yeah, so it's, I, I, it's, yeah. It's in some ways, but then you have to be more creative within that. Yeah, I think I couldn't work without doing parameters because I just would just carry on thinking all the time and not actually get anything done. That's amazing. And so, and yeah, so um, the um, tell me a little bit more about the the project that you were doing with the with the mobile library in London. Yeah, so um, yeah, so the mobile library, I've wanted to work with them for a really long time, and they were like really happy to work with me. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, so uh, they're really lovely, and they supply um, books for people without fixed address. So in the UK, you can obviously go into a library, but you can't lend a book without a, like a registered address. And so this is a library service in central London. So they kind of work with three different shelters um, and they'll kind of stick with like a food run or, you know, so there's like, they'll they'll stay with an, so I don't know, just so like there's another point that people will come to use different services. Um, so yeah, so they'll supply books to people that don't have a fixed address. And I just think it's like really important that everyone has access to education and reading. So I just really wanted to highlight this issue like with my work and also trying to problem solve it and find solutions and ways to support them. So that's kind of like I started working with Hachette, the publishing house, and like putting them in touch so they could do the book donation and then like taking Hachette's waste and hand weaving it into new fabrics and then doing the 20% donation to the mobile library just so like I just think it was a really nice way to connect the mobile library with someone that can support them other than me you know and they hopefully can continue their relationship with Hachette um, after the collection is finished and after they've received their donation from me like I didn't want to just do the project and then that be there you know I wanted to like 
find a way to be able to continue to support them mm-hmm. but yeah so it's been a really nice and then we did the show in Charing Cross Library which is a public library which yeah. is really fun and then like for the models um, I worked with either social or environmental activists um, and then I also work with TIH Models which is like a model agency that support people with like difficult living situations in London to then more pay them the model rate to, to do the show so mm-hmm. yeah so it was a nice like yeah. coming together mm-hmm. moment I think yeah definitely what inspires you like um, what kind of because you obviously have this massive commitment to a positive change and doing something like yeah you know good with your time yeah <laughs> what's kind of inspired that um I maybe my mom. my mom's very like and my, my family yeah they've kind of my mum's very like she worked for a charity and then she's very like you know very environmental so I think maybe and then like I always wanted to do some to, to change something but I didn't know it would be through fashion and I didn't want to do fashion I did art yeah I really didn't want to get get into fashion (laughs) so it was quite interesting (laughs) I remember being really young and I was like I was working at River Island and I was like gonna go to university um I was like oh I'm gonna go do like fine art and uh, but I'm really I was really good at making because my mum's like a pattern cutter and I really love textiles but I was like oh I just can't get I just didn't really want to go into it because just the thought of like all the ways that you know like how people are treated I was like oh it was like really like but then I remember like speaking with someone I was they're like in River Island they're like well why don't you do something different and do it in your own way you know like because I love I love textiles and I love clothes and like and I love people, so it kind of like made sense. Otherwise, I think I'd be a social worker, you know. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so you, so you, did, you did your did you do your BA in fine art then? Or yeah. Did you end up doing... So I did it in fine art with theory, but then I ended up making a collection anyway, and then we like shot it for garage, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, like I did, I did a project in Brighton with, uh, uh, like a soup kitchen. Um, and then I didn't, then I went on to do like another project with the arts council. Um, and then like I did my MA. So I've just done like two little projects before my masters, mm. but my masters, I did like a collaboration with uh, a food bank and Tesco's. So it was a, like connecting. Um, yeah, I think it's just a way of like connecting systems and things that are already out there to support people that need the support and mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to do that through fashion mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's super interesting and it sounds like that's a really interesting like journey into it and it sounds like you already kind of like wrote, like started dipping your toe into this like what yeah. you've obviously become very good at which is like connecting things and like yeah and, like, bringing in projects and things yeah, 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 I love it, but <laughs> it's really hard work. Yeah, it's challenging, isn't it? Because that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I've, um, the thing about fashion is that it's so, it can feel really, like, hard to change, especially because it seems to me that it's a, it's a, it's a business which requires a, quite a high cost. Yeah, Like, yeah. it's quite hard to kind of even make a living. Yeah, of and course. And then once you start trying to make big profits, which is what the big companies are doing, yeah. then it really come, comes down to, like, cutting costs at any kind of at yeah, any cost. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, everything's driven by profit, and it's 
driven by money so it's really interesting to like think what money is and why mm. we're driven by it you know like I remember like I was like reading this article by Vivian Westwood and she was like talking about like um after the second world war and you know like every like a lot of countries came together to try and set um massive taxations for people that make too much profit because when you're making too much profit obviously there is something going on that someone's been exploited but like that was trumped and mm-hmm. nobody would like so i think if that had been set in place things might have been a bit different yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like if if taxation for extreme profit goes happens and i think exploitation it's mm-hmm. might not happen so much mm-hmm. so but yeah it's, it's 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 so interesting yeah but yeah it's oh yeah paying everyone properly is, mm-hmm. is really important and you know like knowing where you're getting everything produced is really important uh, yeah it's oh it's such a, <laughs> a massive yeah. problem yeah definitely and do you, you must find it a, do you find it a challenge then to balance because you are it is you know, you are trying to do change, but it is also a business and you are, you know, it, yeah. it is a brand. Do you yeah. find that balance quite hard? Yeah, at the minute I'm finding it really difficult because I'm growing mm-hmm. and then, like, my cash flow is crazy. You know, like, <laughs> like it's just because, like, stores and deposits and, you know, like, oh, just, it is, it is once you get into that, it is, it is difficult to, you know, and it's your name and, you know, you want to make sure everyone gets paid and, you know, you're chasing invoices and, yeah, it is really difficult. But. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the brand is growing. Yeah. What's kind of, what's next for you? What's on the immediate horizon? Um, so I'm working on a new collection for January. So I'm working with, uh, well, the idea is to work with a women's charity um, that supports purely women that are homeless because um, I think there's only two same-sex female-only like homeless shelters in the UK and they're not government-funded, so I want to work with the two shelters because um, I was like been, I've been researching a lot into like females being more like they're hidden homelessness and, and not visible, so you know like won't won't use a shelter because they feel vulnerable and not being visible on the street so it's harder to record actually their living situation so that's kind of what I'm wanting to do for this new collection and I think it's quite interesting to make a collection where like I'm supporting the female production and then also we're supporting a female charity and then at the same time it's menswear Mm -hmm. so men can be consciously or unconsciously supporting these organizations when they buy the clothes so I think that's kind of what I want to do this this season um and then I've just started a a collaboration with Adidas so that's really exciting yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm really excited about the project um yeah it's really interesting so I'm just like starting that and getting my my teeth stuck into that yeah and then um yeah and then I've yeah I've been doing some projects with the Tate as well so that's been really interesting um yeah and just like so I'm trying to like operate also like with the system to be like an art practice Mm -hmm. so like I've got a couple of exhibitions as well so like the whole system can be an art practice but also it's like a fashion business Mm -hmm. so I'm just trying to like operate 
yeah, like as an art, because I think it's interesting to like not just be considered as like a fashion brand um, and try and like, I don't know, go into different areas as well, like mm-hmm. not just fashion, but yeah. yeah, and just like going into seeing different areas and different mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. different industries, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I'm also doing a project with the British Council um, in India, so we've been working in a community of uh, what's called Tripura. So it's borders Bangladesh, it doesn't actually touch India, but it's an Indian state. But it's the only um, state in India that is um, like female, like dominant. So the women are head of household. So like in the will, everything will be left to the woman, not the man. So it's like really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I've been working with tribal women that are indigenous to the region so there's like 19 tribes so I've been working with four tribes so the women will like do all they'll like run the household do the farming like everything but they also find like two hours a day to weave their own cloth so they weave their own cloth but they don't weave it for sale they'll weave it like for themselves to wear for ceremonies so it's been like really interesting to like working with these women and seeing their craft and they don't have like a written script so their cultural heritage is kind of tied into the cloth so it's been like an amazing project that's yeah, absolutely magical yeah. yeah that's really interesting and um you know i've been thinking a lot about like an alternative kind of society and and that that idea of making things and making it for yourself like yeah it's interesting like maybe if we live in a world beyond capitalism then it would be you know who produces clothes and what for that could be interesting to yeah like, this idea of like making things and making it for yourself that's kind of yeah very powerful yeah <laughs> it was it was just amazing to like well, well, just to see like a different way of life and mm. you know like uh, you know like then collect the water filter the water you know like all the skills that I have no idea, like, idea how to do um, and like are like you need to survive you know <laughs> so like you know how far removed like we are from that is 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 really interesting and yeah and yeah just to see how the the really skilled like the quality of the fabrics be useful mm-hmm. and just like you know that's in their routine is to to weave mm-hmm. like two hours every day yeah and make that Can time for it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah that's so, amazing yeah mm-hmm. so it's yeah i love I, it's a good project yeah it sounds really cool <laughs> um i think that's pretty much all the questions yeah it's been a really nice little conversation thank you and yeah I just have one last um kind of little set of questions um first of all how can people support you and what you do um well I have like social media so I have Instagram if people want to follow me on Instagram so it's Bethany underscore Williams underscore London um yeah so they can follow me on there to keep to keep updated Mm -hmm. yeah amazing where can people buy your clothes so at the minute, um, for like the last collection, uh, Gallery Lafayette in Paris, um, Odd Store in New York, Farfetch online, um, Nid in uh, Tokyo, 
And then I'm also now in this new store called 50M in uh, Victoria in London, which is a really cool store. They're um, like supporting like young designers. So it's kind of like a different idea. So they don't take a commission or you just basically have a rail and you just make what you want from, from the space. So they're just trying to support designers and not do like, you know, the wholesale pricing mm -hmm. which is like a new kind of model which That's is quite really cool. yeah, yeah yeah it's really cool um yeah but then from next season i'll also be in the library another store um in knightsbridge and um then for market in south korea and there's another kink in japan amazing stockists as well it's really really cool cool and then the second thing is is there anything that people thinking about like the things that you're into changing the changing the, the changes that you're kind yeah. of part of and also like wider issues is there anything that people can either read or watch to learn more yeah i think i read a lot of jack Ranciere. like he's like um a philosopher who like he he kind of talks about the power of art and if it can have like a political effect outside of itself um so i read a lot of his work um and then also like um this book called the age of mechanical reproduction um that's kind of talks about you know like mass production and the loss of the aura that we have within an object and like how we might be like reverting back to like handmade processes and you know like reverting back to like a sense of aura within a within an object um and then yeah i think jack once has really changed my just view of like how creativity can actually have a political like effect and should it or you know like questioning like yeah and then i kind of applied that into a fashion context rather than like an art context and then also, like, I really love the, um, they're a group called Superflex, so they're, like, an art collective, and they kind of use art as a tool for social change, so they'll, like, work alongside, like, corporations or, like, government bodies, and they'll, like, make, they'll make art projects, but they actually cause, like, social change within the communities, so I was looking at their work and being like, oh, could you apply this kind of, like, idea into, like, a fashion context? yeah um, that's cool and then the last thing was like if you could tell the listener to do one thing what would it be hmm i think it's maybe just knowing where your clothes are made is like i think is important you know like um just knowing the history of your garment or asking you know like even the brands if you buy that you like like asking them questions mm -hmm. I think like just to constantly question I think is really important mm. um you know because if you start asking those questions to the brands and the brands have to be more responsible and the brands are driven by the consumer so if the consumer like has the power mm -hmm. you know so I think like the more questions that you ask the brands then the more transparent they have to be mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. Yeah, that's really interesting. So people can like maybe read up on it and then like get in touch with like the H and M's or the yeah. it is like the gaps and like and say like 
if they read something or like if they don't know something yeah I think yeah it's just really yeah it's I think it's important to know like where your clothes are made like what they're made from mm-hmm. um yeah yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an excellent thing to do. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thank you so much for coming. Thank you. Thanks thank you for having me. Much. It was amazing. <laughs> it was like, that was really beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Future Heist is recorded and produced by me, Rena Neve Smith, with original music by Benjamin Tassie and artwork by Fleur Beck. Special thanks to Chloe Vasegi and Joshua Lowe's Challenge. You can follow us on Instagram at future underscore heist.